0: So maybe you're tired of touring or you have a family situation that makes it difficult to tour and you want to figure out how you can make money from music right from your own home. Well that is what this episode is all about. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Brie is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Brie's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Brie is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, hey, this is Bree Noble, and I am so glad you're tuned in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast today, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And on today's episode, I'm going to be sharing some little teaser snippets from the interviews that I did for the Profitable Musician Summit. If you haven't heard, the Profitable Musician Summit is an online conference. that's going to be coming up between May 1st and May 10th. Uh, It is free to get a ticket and join us. All interviews are available for 48 hours for free. So you definitely want to sign up over at ProfitableMusicianSummit.com. So on this episode, I wanted to highlight some artists that are speaking on the summit about ways to make money where you don't even have to leave your house. And how exciting is that, right? Even if you want to tour and perform, these can be additional streams of income. So first up is... Emma McGann. She has become really well known for her live streaming and she makes a good deal of income from live streaming right now.
1: Like two weeks of touring was uh, pulling in less um, eyeballs than uh, maybe like a two hour live stream. I was getting more people watching my live stream and translating across to my social media than I was uh, paying through my nose uh, for an agent for a tour. And it really shed some light that, you know, this, this platform, this kind of space is definitely worth looking into more. And so I, I continued after the tour using, uh, using you now. And um, very quickly after, first of all, my audience grew tenfold um, and two months after I started using it, I monetization uh, onto the platform. And suddenly I was able to earn um, and, and, that kind of brings us to today i mean it's 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 a it's a platform that's opened up so many doors for me
0: Now, if you're familiar with Rick Barker, you know he has a lot of great advice. He does not pull any punches. He tells it like it is, and I love that about him. And you may have heard him talk about somebody that he's worked with named Don Beyer, who did really well last year on live streaming and making money. He spoke about her and all the do's and don'ts of Facebook Live and how to make money at the CD baby conference. And so I talked to him about all of that as well on the summit.
2: And what she did is she, she basically just said, Hey, if you want to be able to support me uh, and keep me going live, you could throw a little love in the bucket and people would not everyone would. And when they did, she had it set up on her phone where it notified her and she could say, Oh my gosh, Brie, thank you so much, Rick. Appreciate it. You know, and then she just wouldn't harp on it. She would bring it up a couple different times, but she did give people that option. You can also, a lot of what happens in life is in the messaging. Hey, I'm a starving artist, you know, and I want to go in the studio and record this record and, you know, would you, tip, would you give me some money? No, no one's there yet. If you say things like, you know, some of you are asking how you could support uh, my cause, I've put a, a virtual tip jar at the top. Uh, anything you put in there is greatly appreciated. Thank you. You know, just something simple.
0: Felt like if we were gonna talk about making money performing online, we absolutely had to talk about concert window. And so I went straight to the source. I talked with Corey DiMario from Concert Window, and he gave some really good advice in his interview about how to use concert window in the most effective way to get paid the most money overall.
3: But what we found is that if you give people the option to pay a small amount, so like we call it, we call it pay what you want and um, you give people, and it's a small amount. You have to pay a dollar. You can't pay, pay what you want is not pay nothing. It's pay a dollar or more. People can choose that amount and then you give them the option to tip mm. throughout the show and and you give them the option, you give the artist the option to set up rewards for tipping, which is kind of like a merch, often works out like a merchandise store so you can have all your stuff and if you tip certain amounts, you get different rewards, but you can set up non-merch rewards too. Um, and It's really cool to see how how musicians uh, utilize that and get their fans engaged in that and how the fans and the supporters of those musicians really, really feel empowered to um, to directly support the artist. You know, when you give them the option to do it, people really do.
0: I also wanted to explore the artist side of Concert Window and talk to an artist who really uses Concert Window in her business as a main part of her concert experience for her fans. And so I talked with Jennifer Knapp and she gave some really good information on how she uses this in a very organic and very consistent way with her fans to bring in money every month
1: this was a, another place that I could be an artist and that it had a life of its own and and so um, as a result of that um, we started to do things you know on our own I have a thing called um, second Thursdays. And so I've developed a hashtag on my Twitter feed and Instagram and Facebook pages and all that stuff. But once a month, every second Thursday, I do a show. And so now that's a bit of a a thing that, that now my fan base kind of anticipates that they know that we're going to do something once a month. Um, and that's, that's something I would have never dreamed of in this way. Um, because I was so dependent on somebody calling me or me going and booking a show to, to think that I could do this all the time and at my, you know, at my leisure and uh, and interactive with a fan. It's a, it's a whole new model. And I, I think Concert Window is a really great example of being able to kind of have a, a digital venue.
0: And speaking of digital venues, I talked with one of the owners of Street Jelly, Frank Padlaha. Now, if you haven't heard of Street Jelly, it is awesome. It is your option to busk, but while being online. So you don't have to leave home, you don't have to stand on a street corner, but it's this online community where fans go to hear musicians. And it's a whole culture of knowing how to tip musicians and really wanting to help musicians and support them. And it's a great supportive community. Frank is talking here about one of the ways that they've developed for artists to get paid on their platform.
4: We're introducing something we call a jukebox. We have a few musicians who are using it now. So it's basically like, um, think of a jukebox, you put in, you plunk in a quarter for a couple minutes and and the meter runs that way. So unlike, you know, some of the other websites where you buy a ticket into the show what if you don't like the show or Mm. it's not the same as going to a venue and you're going to sit there, you know, you're going to be there for two hours. If you're at home watching something and you spend 20 bucks on, on a show, but then somebody comes you know, the dog starts barking, whatever, then you, then you have to get up. Right. So, so the way we do it is you, basically it's like on a timer. You, you pay for continuously paying for each couple of minutes or however Mm. the, however many minutes the, the musician wants to set up. Uh, we like to think it was a jukebox, cause like you know, back in the <laughs> old days, you pay for a song, and then when your money runs out, you're done. So, um, so that's that's uh one of our new features we have now.
0: And I talked to an artist, Annie Aronson of Hobby Horse, and she talks a little bit about why she started using Street Jelly back in twenty fourteen, why she loves the community, and she is still using it today.
1: We, you know, we were
0: kind of intimidated. We were like, well,
1: who's gonna come to this? You know, it we were afraid we'd get on there and there'd be nobody watching but we just decided to do it anyway and so we popped on one uh day and started doing a live stream and and people were popping on as an audience so you know it was maybe eight or so
0: people on that first day but we were just so pleasantly surprised and street jelly was so welcoming that you know we've been doing this ever since it was such a pleasant surprise when we first did that. Of course, there's a whole host of ways that you can make money doing music from home, not just performing. You can also get involved in music licensing and writing music from home. And I talked to Joyce Kettering about how she started doing that and where she is now. Basically these nowadays I can write a track from start to finish, uh, in 30 minutes
5: or 30 minutes. And then of course I, you know, um, I have a, what I mean by I have a first draft and it's decent in 30 minutes and so I've kind of trained myself to do that because that's what my first mentor was doing as well you know he was writing a lot of music so I thought the only way to succeed in music licensing would be to have a huge catalog Uh, that's not true by the way but that's the way I approached it and that's how I got started so my catalog now is about um, 150 200 tracks and most of those are in music libraries. Last year, so almost a year to this day, um, I left my Fortune 500. Um, I was able to leave my Fortune 500 job, full time wow. job, to licensing full time.
0: Imagine that. She left her Fortune 500 job to do music licensing. And actually, Michelle Lockie did the same. And she talks a little bit about the kinds of placements you can get in music libraries and through publishers and what she's gotten over the years.
5: Um, You can get anything from reality shows to uh, stuff on major network TV. Um, It just depends who their clients are and who they're pitching to. Um, Some libraries focus solely on reality TV. Um, That does not mean that you don't get paid well because MTV uh, usually pays pretty good royalties. Um, Other libraries um, or slash publishers focus on higher uh, bar shows like, you know, HBO or the major networks or something like that. And then there's still others that pitch to everything and, you know, ads as well. So every, pretty much every opportunity that, that, um, comes along, but you do have some that focus slightly different. And I've gotten, like I said, anything from reality show to major network
0: TV. Wow. And one poignant thing that came up when I talked with Anne Heaton, who is a very successful touring artist, is that she started moving into doing things from home and locally just because the touring started to put a lot of strain on her health and her relationships. Maybe you can relate.
1: Touring was like half my income, and CD sales were the other half of my income. Um, and then, and that was a model that worked for me. Um, and then the only part of it that didn't really work for me was um, I think it was kind of hard on my health and on my relationships. Like I could say like at the end of the year, like, Oh, I, I made this money, but it was like the toll it was taking on me Mm. um, physically and emotionally was not Really worth it, but it took me a little while to to realize that.
0: And in our digital age, there is so much you can do from home. You can even teach students from home. If you're already teaching students and you don't want to go out, this is a great way to do it. And I talk with Judy Rodman about how she does it.
5: Now, I've got a cut and paste sort of little mini article <laughs> that I put into the email that I send to invite them to the Zoom meeting so that they I tell them how to set up. And pretty much what it is, is have a music player or have your instruments, or if you're a speaker, have your scripts ready. Or if you're having an accompaniment, have, have them ready. Uh, and then set the webcam up where I can see you, you know, either standing up or, or sitting down, if you're playing, sitting down in situ, like for what you're about to do. So that I can, so we try to make it as realistic and uh, it, as possible, just like if they're here, so that I can see them standing, or and and the zoom and my webcam uh, can reach them standing, even if I put them at the wall behind themselves. So it it works that way.
0: And if all that technology seems a little bit intimidating, then you can just do the traditional route of teaching from home. And I talked to Ali Tyler all about the ins and outs of how she does this, how she gets students how she makes it work for her schedule, her personality, and her life. And she makes a really good living at it too. I would jot things down after lessons. What were the aha moments? What worked? When were the times I was looking at the clock? What was working for my student? What was working for me? Did I like that student? What, what did I not like about that day? And just asking myself those questions and reflecting on it. And that gave me a much better sense of who it was that I really loved working with. And what ended up happening was as the years went on, that bandwidth started getting smaller, not just in age, but also in values. So that's like the second thing that I would recommend. First is journaling and and not even journaling, just reflecting on your lessons, being mindful in those lessons. And the second thing is really understanding your values as a teacher and as a person. That's a little taste from a bunch of our speakers for the summit that are talking about income streams that you can establish from the comfort of your own home. And there's one more that I didn't mention that actually I am speaking about all about online courses. If you have a specialization, whether it's voice, songwriting, piano, guitar, uh, another instrument, another music related thing that you do, you can absolutely create an online course. I've helped my students do this for themselves and make some recurring income from courses and memberships. And so that's something that I talk about very in depth on the summit. So if you're interested in that, be sure to tune in to that one as well. So, I hope this teaser episode has gotten you super pumped about the summit coming up starting May 1st. Make sure you get signed up at profitablemusiciansummit.com. And we're opening our private pop up Facebook group for the summit members. So, make sure you get signed up for that as well. The email will tell you how to get there and what to do. So, I'll see you inside of that group. And I cannot wait to share all these full-length video interviews with you with each of these experts starting May 1st. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by
2: Stella Ronson.